Hi, my name is Nikki. My name is Charlie. And you're listening to Bed Crime Crime Stories, Stories. a weekly true crime podcast where we pour ourselves a drink and take turns telling each other the stories that keep us up at night. Hi, everybody. Hi. Good evening or morning. Good morning. Or afternoon afternoon. or night or twilight or dawn. Whatever time of day you are listening to us, good I felt like you were trying that. to do the Twilight books. Oh, like, God, no. The- I would never do that. <laughs> I would never do that. You'll never, ever catch it, me doing that. Twilight and Breaking Dawn? Yes. You'll never catch me doing that. No. Ever, ever, ever. Not I. Um, all right. So we're going to go ahead and uh, pass it on over to Nikki with our true crime headlines for this evening. All right. So my stories for this week... I don't know if I should start with the sad, the, the the one that maybe make you angry versus the other one that would kind of not be as bad. Let's start with the bad one first. Okay, let's start this way then. Like kind of, I'm, 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 I'm a, big new, a big fan of like bad news then good news. Okay. Yeah. So I had sent this to you guys a couple weeks ago, but I didn't hear anything back when I had originally sent this to you. And it was the Minnesota Supreme Court throws out ra- uh, rape conviction because intoxicated woman willingly consumed alcohol. Mm. And this was posted on USA Today, and that was posted on March 28th, 2021. Jesus. Did you read that one? Jovi's look on your face. I remember you sending it to us, and I... It may have been... Was it during the workday? It probably was during a workday. Okay. Because yeah, I, I always forget to go back. Correct. But so, this, like, I'll see it, and I'm like, yeah. oh, I'll read that later, and yeah, then, I, then I forgot. I'm terrible at it. My friend had posted this, and I had to basically go Google it, because I was like, there's no way in hell that this could be real. Oh, my God. But the Minnesota Supreme Court ruled that a person cannot be found guilty of sexually assaulting someone who is mentally incapacitated due to intoxication if that person becomes intoxicated by voluntarily ingesting drugs or alcohol. Nope. 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 Mm -hmm. Nope. Nope. Mm -hmm. Nope. So you mean to tell me if they voluntarily drink a drink that was spiked? Well, they're saying if... So, like, if I was to go out to the club and I was to get blackout drunk... And someone was by your rape, own by choice. my by my own choice going out having a good time, which I've done several times. Which mm-hmm. I mean, you're an adult, so yeah. more power to you. So you go out, you have a good time, and if I'm blacked out drunk, if someone has their way with me, it's it's basically saying that it's my fault because you made the choice to get drunk. to drink. Yes, I have. So, so when I saw that, many problems with this. It makes me angry and then it just it it yeah it pissed me off like a lot and then the story goes on to continue to piss me off (laughs) yeah like when i saw it i was like there's no way in fucking hell that this could be real and it was and then also i like really don't ever go to minnesota is basically what you're saying oh no so like really don't ever go there don't ever go there uh sorry Sorry. to everybody if we have any listeners in minnesota i am i'm so sorry but i will say there is someone that I did start following on Instagram, and she is amazing, and her name is Chanel uh, Chanel Miller. You know who Chanel Miller is, correct? Mm-hmm. She was the woman that Brock Turner had raped. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And she she basically came out, and she had wrote a book mm-hmm, called, mm-hmm. like, author of, um, it's it's called Know My Name, mm-hmm. and I think she's amazing. I follow, I follow her on Instagram, and I love her. Mm-hmm. Like, I just, I think she's an amazing person. Her victim impact statement at yes. his trial was gut-wrenching yeah so it just like that's immediately when i saw this story that's who like i also of thought of because it's like yeah. 
how is this okay? And how is this? I don't know. It just made me very, very angry. (laughs) So that's infuriating. Yeah. So on a lighter note, I mean, I don't know how much lighter it is because someone, (laughs) someone does pass away and it, I mean, anytime anybody passes away, it is very sad. It is not a light situation, correct? It is not. But a woman who allegedly sold car to a 13 year old boy charged with homicide after fatal crash. Mm. Which I was like, I don't even understand how this happens. This was posted on people.com and this was posted on March 26, uh, 2021. And it basically said uh, police in Tennessee have charged a 37 year old woman with vehicular uh, homicide by recklessness in contributing to the delinquency of a minor for allegedly selling her car to a teen who then crashed the vehicle, killing a 71 year old man. Mind you, the teenager in question was 13. But so what? Just yeah. because he owns a vehicle doesn't mean that he's licensed to drive it. Yeah. I owned a vehicle before I had my license to drive. Yeah. That doesn't give the person who sold it to me any well, I think liability over the fact that I get to an accident or I cause anybody else harm. I don't understand why she's getting blamed for this. I don't know. It says the March 5th collision alongside uh, Nolsonville Pike in Nashville was allegedly caused by a 13-year-old driver who had bought Katrina Russell's Dodge Dart, um, says investigators from a metropolitan Nashville police department. It said a statement on Russell's um, arrest identifies the victim as David Cheatham. According to the police, the teen allegedly uh, lost control of the car after running a red light. The car then uh, slammed into Cheatham's uh, Dodge Challenger. It says the statement that he was uh, found dead at the scene. The charges against Russell stem from her alleged admission that there was an exchange of money between her and the teen for the keys to her car. The teen told investigators he bought the car for 80 bucks. Russell, who is homeless, was arrested on Wednesday. So I think that there's probably more to the story than just like... But okay, here. But no. But here's my problem with this, though. Here's my problem with this. Okay, if you want to arrest her on, if there, if the issue here is the fact that she sold the vehicle without charging the proper like sales tax and properly transferring the title in this person's name, okay, I understand mm. that you penalize her for that or charge her with that or however that would work, but. To say that she is in some way responsible for his actions once she gives him the keys. Again, I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a lawyer. This is strictly my opinion. This is strictly my opinion. I don't see how she is being held responsible for his actions once this exchange took place. From my perspective, as a complete layperson who knows nothing about the law in this situation, um, from my perspective, her only fault in this is the fact that she basically transferred a title into the name of a minor, probably in Mm -hmm. illegal terms. Yeah. Or I didn't mean, transfer the title at all. He like just I like said, I think in order for them to charge her, I feel like there's probably gotta be more to the story. One would hope. Like, one would hope. Yeah, you would hope. But those are my true crime headlines Dang. for the week. Both of them made me angry. Okay. Huh, for two totally sorry. different reasons. <laughs> and those are tonight's true crime headlines. Ah. That was weird. <laughs> okay. Um, all right, Charlie. <laughs> 
Thank you, Nikki. I appreciate it. All right. So I am uh, taking over for the bed crime story for the t- this evening. And I feel as though I've done a couple of weeks in a row of really dark and awful stories. Do so you lighthearted this week? Somewhat lighthearted this week. Okay. Somewhat lighthearted. Okay. Uh, well, was yeah. it as lighthearted as last week? Uh, it's on that same kind of vein there. I was um, talking. I was talking. <laughs> the drain, the main vein. I was like talking to one of my friends at... Uh, like I was, I was telling him, I was like, you know, I apologize. Cause like he doesn't listen to true crime. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think he does. I don't think it really interests him. Well, I take that back. He says it interest like it's interesting, but I was like talking about how I was like, yeah, I did like Lorena Bobbitt and that's like very lighthearted. And then like, he just seemed like very like, and how I was like, well, nobody called that lighthearted. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I was like, well, nobody died. He just got his penis cut off and sewed back on and it still works it still works no harm no foul so i just was like you know i guess my my version of lighthearted is (laughs) (laughs) different than other people's well no this is a um this is a good one okay good and i actually i actually also quoted parks and recreation at the beginning of it to say that um this story as chris traeger the character played by rob lowe in parks and recreation would say is completely bonkers filled (laughs) because it is so i'm doing the failed murder for hire plot by dahlia dipolito and my sources for this story is a 2020 episode called down payment on death which i just thought was wonderfully dramatic for the story yes beautiful and i also watched a youtube video from one of my favorite youtubers her name is sydney black i just absolutely love her she does like a makeup and true story or makeup and history is her uh the name of her series and she does like an interesting story in history and this was one that she did and it just it's a crazy one it is a crazy one okay so so let's start in the summer of 2008 in boynton beach florida Mike DiPolito's wife was out of town and Mike started to feel a little lonely. So he went on this website called eros.com to order himself an escort. And that is when Miss Dahlia Mohammed, 26 years old, comes into his life. So I didn't realize that this happened in Florida. I don't yes. know why I was thinking this was like Arizona or something. No, 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 no. Yes. So the attraction between the two of them was instant. It was intense. And immediately Mike and Dahlia begin to have an affair and they're spending a ton of time together. So they had a lot in common. And Dahlia says that they both love to be outdoors. They rode their bikes. They were both big movie people and they both loved Starbucks. So who doesn't? What's your go to? What's your go to order? Are you ready? I I mean, I know what it is, but tell the people it is a what is it called? A venti, a, van- a venti vanilla ice vanilla chai. Ice vanilla latte thing, right? It's okay. So it's a venti ice vanilla latte with chai. And I reduce the amount of vanilla pumps because I don't like it as sweet. And then I do two pumps of chai and I do light ice. Yes. Yes. Joby, what's your what's your go-to Starbucks order? Uh de- <laughs> it depends on my mood, but it's usually I'm basic um depending on the seasons. A pumpkin spice latte, a peppermint mocha, um, a caramel macchiato, which is always, or a uh, caramel frappuccino. So mm. I don't go crazy. Like, I've never tried, like, anything out of the the normal. Like adding pumps or... Yeah, I'm, pumps. yeah I'm very much with uh, Jovi, very much this similar. I, I do like a venti ice caramel macchiato. Mm-hmm. 
I do enjoy blonde espresso, mm. two extra shots, upside down, extra caramel drizzle. Nice. My my yeah. go-to hot drink, though, is just a standard venti, uh, triple venti vanilla latte. I will so I get the extra shots in there, and I yeah. like just like a good hot vanilla latte. I will say the one that I drink during the week, because I, I do have to watch my Starbucks intake because... It's a lot Otherwise of calories. Otherwise, it'd be a problem, yeah. Uh, so I usually will do like a venti, or sorry, a grande iced Amer- blonde Americano with nice. like white mocha. Nice. And I use that as like, because it's got like white mocha has that dairy in it, mm-hmm. and it's like got the sweetener, so it kind of mixes. Yeah. That's what I drink when I'm eating, drinking healthy. Nice. <laughs> when I'm drinking, I roll my when eyes. I'm, when I'm drinking healthy. I'm not I drinking can't, I can't, my calories. I can't do the black on black call, uh, oh, coffee. That's me. I that's, wish. That's what I drink, like my regular cup of coffee that I make myself is a black cup of coffee. No sugar, no cream, just black cup of coffee. But wish. at Starbucks, that's why I do the vanilla because it's not super sweet. Or the vanilla latte, it's not super mm-hmm. sweet. It's kind of like the most basic plain latte. It's good. But. Sorry, you said Starbucks, okay. and I was like, "You got triggered." You're like, "What I, do you want? I want." I will be honest. Whenever I see anybody with a Starbucks cup, I'm trying to read what they have on it. I'm like, "What do you have?" <laughs> trying to get in their business. I want to know what you're drinking. Mm-hmm. Um, so Mike and his wife of seven years wind up getting a divorce only two weeks after his affair with Dahlia begins. Damn, that was. Yes, yes. So from all outside perspectives, Mike and Dolly seemed to have the perfect relationship. They were both athletic, attractive, and social. They were very openly affectionate towards one another, and it appeared to everyone around them that they were head over heels in love with one another. Sounds like the honeymoon phase. Quite, yes. It's all brand new and exciting and Starbucks and movies and bikes outdoors. You know, it's everything is sunshine and roses. Um, And with their relationship becoming more and more serious, Mike opens up to Dahlia about his past. So before meeting Dahlia, Mike had gotten himself into a bit of legal trouble. He was running a telemarketing scheme and ended up fraudulently acquiring about $200,000 from multiple people over the span of 11 months. So basically what he was doing was he was calling up people. Most of his victims wound up being retirees and he would talk them into investing in stocks. And of course, these stocks were either not real or were not making as much money as he would say that they were making. And then they would lose all their money and he would keep it all. He sounds just about as horrible as she does. Yeah. So he was arrested in 2002. He went to jail for two years. And upon his release, he was ordered to serve 28 years of probation. 28 years. I actually had to look that up and like fact check it because I had never heard of anybody. That's a long time. Be- yes. I've never heard of anybody like, being what ordered is he, to serve that long. I mean, what is, what is his probation like sent? Like, what is it that he has to do? Just like. I don't know. I've never been put. Oh, okay. I don't know what probation usually. Usually what probation is, is you have to check in with your probation officer. Before like you travel yes, or. Like, oh, okay. Like, you can't get in trouble or else yes. you go right to jail. Blah, and, like, blah, blah. Oh, okay. Depending on what you go on a probation Go directly for, to jail. <laughs> like Monopoly. Weekly. It could be daily. It could be monthly. Okay. It's mm-hmm. usually drug tests. Drug tests. Okay. Yeah. I mean I've never had probation either, so I don't no. It's yeah. just a check in, basically. Don't know. Sure Make sure you stay out, stay out of trouble. trouble. Okay. Jinx. Double okay. jinx. Pinch poke yo me coke. <laughs> so after sharing this news with her, Mike and Dahlia seemed to get actually even closer because she appreciated the fact that he was willing to confide in her um this 
detail about his past, you know? So Dahlia told Mike that she would even help him to pay back the $190,000 in restitution that he still owed from his crimes. $190,000? Yep. Because you have to pay that all back. So you still owe the money that you stole from people, right? It's the restitution that you have to pay. It's all part of your punishment. So she was like, yeah, I'll help. I'll help you. Uh Uh-uh. To seal the deal on their whirlwind romance, only six months after they met, Mike and Dahlia were married. So, yeah, yeah. So Dahlia, however, did not return the favor to Mike in being completely forthcoming with her history. So she herself had a dark past that involved getting very close to men and using her sexuality to influence them to give her money and assets. Little did Mike know, Dahlia had the same plans for him. So... Almost immediately after the... like a black widow. Kinda, yeah. So almost immediately after the two of them get married, Dahlia begins to carry out her plan to take Mike for all he's worth. Dahlia convinces an ex-boyfriend, whose name is also Mike, so I'm just going to call him X to make it easier. So she convinces X to call Mike and pretend to be a lawyer. She tells X to tell Mike that if he signs over his house over to Dahlia, he'll get off of probation sooner. And Mike falls for it. So he signs uh, ownership rights to the house over to Dahlia. So she begins to plot ways now to get rid of Mike so she can sell the house and take off with the profit. What the fuck? (laughs) Yeah. So since he's still serving probation, she figures the easiest way to do this is to get him arrested. So she plants drugs in his car and then calls the cops on him. Not once, but twice. So the first time she does this, she hides the drugs too well in the car so the cops never found anything and let him go. And the second time she does this, she was actually with him, in the car with him when he gets pulled over. So they're on their way home from dinner and the cops pull Mike over. The police tell Mike to get out of the car because they got an anonymous tip that he had drugs in the vehicle and they needed to search it. So the cops find a small bag of drugs in the car and Mike completely like loses his mind. Did they, like, did they say what kind of drugs it was? They don't say what kind of drugs Okay, sorry. So Mike completely loses his mind. I mean, not like mind. I do drugs, but... Yeah. So Mike completely loses his mind. He's like, he knows he's on probation, so he knows that any little um, thing, mm-hmm. he's going to get thrown to jail. He's like, this is not mine. These are not my drugs. Oh, my God. He's like starting to cry and freak out on the side of the road. Poor guy. Honestly, I actually kind of feel bad for him. And Dahlia just completely stands there, stone-faced, like, just watching everything going on. She doesn't try to fight for him or with him. She just stands there watching everything as it's happening. What the fuck? The cops, by some miracle, believe Mike that the drugs are not his. And they let them leave. I know. Insane. And on the drive home, so Dolly is driving because he's like all upset and distraught over what just happened. So they're on the drive home and Mike kind of questions her because Mm -hmm. of how she was behaving when they were on the side of the road. And he's like, did you plant the drugs in the car? She gets... She immediately flies off the handle. She starts screaming at him. I would never do that. I can't believe you would tell, you would think that I would ever do that to you. How dare you? Oh my God. She starts to drive erratically. She slams on the gas and starts like flying down the road. So Mike gets scared like for his life. So he he just apologizes and drops it because he just wants to get home safe because now he's afraid she's going to kill him. So yeah. So Dahlia learns that even if Mike is sent to prison, she still wouldn't be able to sell the house without his signature because even though he added her to the deed, he never removed himself. So they're co-owners of the property. So Dahlia concludes that the only way she's going to get what she wants is to kill Mike. So... 
first, she decides she's going to poison Mike. So Dahlia heads out and buys Starbucks. And she brings home two Starbucks iced teas, one for her and one with antifreeze in it for Mike. So she hands him his iced tea with antifreeze. He drinks a little bit and then he throws out the rest saying that it tasted bad. And he thought that maybe Starbucks messed up their order. But even that tiny little like sip of antifreeze, he's sick for like two weeks. I didn't even know this part. Yes. Like I, I, I've, I've only heard, I think the tail end of this story. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that all this other crap happened. I know. Bunkers filled. (laughs) It's insane. So Dahlia realizes that she's incapable of killing him on her own. So she decides that she's better off hiring a hitman. So she once again reaches out to another ex of hers. This gentleman's name is Muhammad. And why she chooses to reach out to Muhammad, nobody knows. And Muhammad doesn't even know. Like, I don't know why she wrote me into this, but like she called me and I met up with her and it is what it is. So she asked Muhammad if he knew of anyone who can get rid of Mike. So he tells her that he would let her know and immediately goes to the police. So hold for applause. Yay, Muhammad. Yay, Yay Muhammad. Good job, buddy. So <clears throat> Muhammad tells police that this girl he used to date reached out to him looking to hire a hitman to kill her husband. So the police asked for more information about the woman. He knew her first name, but he doesn't know her last name because she got married and he doesn't know what her last name is. And he doesn't know where she lives. So the police start to like blow off the accusation thinking that he's like a scorned ex looking to get revenge on this woman. But Muhammad insists and he's like, look, she's already tried to kill him before. And I know that this dude is in danger. So we, you need to do something about this or otherwise this guy's going to get killed one way or another. So the police asked Muhammad if he would be willing to wear a wire and meet back up with Dahlia. So he agrees. They also set up a camera in the car to positively identify her if it was necessary to do so. So Dahlia, like, no sooner gets in the car with Muhammad and immediately begins to ask if he found somebody that was going to be able to kill her husband. Like, immediately sits down and is like, so, by the way, did you ever find somebody? So he tells her, yeah, I found somebody. She's super excited. She starts asking how much it's going to cost. She wants to get this done as soon as possible. So the police now know that this is happening. So they start to build their case against Dahlia. They reach out to the television show Cops. Uh, and I they remember. T- and they tell cops the entire story about Dahlia and the fact that she's trying to hire a hitman to kill her husband. And they ask, you know, do you want to come down to Florida and cover the story? And they're like, uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, yes, we do. Because this is going to be amazing television. Um, spoiler alert. It kind of is. So <clears throat> police... It's really good. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. So police also set up one of the narcotics undercover officers as an alleged hitman who would contact Dahlia to catch her making a deal. So the undercover officer sets the meeting with Dahlia also in a car, also bugged, also with cameras. Dahlia requests his services as a hitman. So she asks what he needs, how much it's going to cost. They come up with with a plan that Dahlia is going to leave the house at 5 a.m. to go to the gym. The hitman would enter the home, kill Mike, leave, and then the police will notify Dahlia of Mike's death once you know if the gun if neighbors call because they hear gunshots whatever so she asks you know hey when can we get this done and the cop asks her one more time she goes are you completely sure you want to go through with this because once this conversation is over we can never talk again because it'll come back on me you if you say yes now it's happening so dahlia kind of like looks behind her into the back seat 
And it actually looks like she looks directly into the camera. So that was very strange. But then she turns back and says to the undercover cop, I'm 5,000% sure. On August 5th, 2009, only six months after they're married and only a year after they meet, the hit is supposed to go down. So Dahlia gets up at 5 a.m. as planned. She gets dressed and she heads to the gym. Now, normally they would go to the gym together. Usually they both got up and went to the gym at 5 a.m. But Mike had just had liposuction and he was home recovering. So she went by herself. So as soon as Dahlia leaves, the police arrive to tell Mike what's going on. (laughs) So she knows when her walks out the door, the cops knock on the door and they're like, hey, so yeah, uh, your wife tried to hire someone to kill you. Sorry, bro. Like are bad don't mean to bear the bearer of bad news or anything but your wife wants you dead also i highly recommend watching this video because like you know like knowing what's happening oh yeah just makes it even more yeah if you're able to find the cops episode on youtube highly recommend yes so police take mike down to the police station fill him in on everything that's going on and so then once mike is gone downtown they turn the outside of the house into a makeshift crime scene so they like literally set the stage after they set the scene they call dahlia at the gym tell her that there's been an emergency and she needs to come back home so dahlia arrives at the scene with the cameras from cops rolling and dahlia is notified of mike's death and then proceeds to give a master class in bad acting in the middle of the road so she as soon as they say your husband's passed away he's been killed she no she screams and like falls into the cop's chest and she's like no no it's but I just felt, like it's unbelievably I awful. felt like she started crying even before they told her well she was like she was given the so what's happening what's wrong why why is everybody here what's going on and then they tell her and she like screams and falls into it. it's obnoxious so the police put her in the patrol car they take her down the station to ask her questions about her husband so they put her in an interrogation room they ask dahlia if she knows who could possibly have a reason to kill her husband so she starts to tell the cops about mike's criminal history and she suggests that maybe it was someone from his past or one of his victims or their family members who had done this after a little while the officer excuses himself and leaves the interrogation room and when he comes back he's with the undercover cop that was posing as the hitman during the setup (laughs) so the officer asked dahlia like do you recognize this man she's like no i don't know who he is so the cop then tells dahlia like we know exactly what you did we know that you tried to kill your husband we're fully aware that you hired this man to do it and they also tell her oh and also by the way mike's alive he's not dead so she like completely brushes over all that and she's like can i see mike and they're like no you're going to jail you're being arrested for solicitation of murder you're going to jail so they arrest her they bring her to jail she uses her one phone call and calls mike and she asks him to come and help her and get her out of the jail and get her lawyer And he's like, "Uh, no, I saw the tape. I heard you. I know you wanted me murdered, so I'm not helping you. She completely denied it to him. She says in the conversation, she's like, how can you believe that? He's like, she's like, I saw the video too. That's not what, that wasn't even me, Mike. And she, she said that she didn't do anything wrong. And she's so upset that he doesn't believe her. So he finally says to her, look, if you just sign the house back over to me 100%, I will make sure that your mother is taken care of. So her tone completely changes and she goes, I'm not signing anything. And she goes, yep, I knew you wouldn't. So I'm not going to help you. (laughs) 
So Dahlia then calls her mother. She tells her mom that she didn't do anything, that this was all Mike's fault and that he's in her house. She didn't do anything wrong. He's in my house. It's my house. It's in my name. I want him out. Yeah. So the story becomes national news because every step of the plot was captured on film by cops and because the details of the story are just insane bunkers filled (laughs) it's just insane it's insanity so when she finally goes to trial dahlia's lawyer sets up the defense claiming that dahlia and mike planned all of this together to get famous and the the piece of evidence that they entered at the trial to corroborate this defense is that there was a search history on the computer that dahlia had searched reality shows and this was all a ploy to get their own television show Bro, I hope that nobody near me ever dies oddly because the amount of shit that I Google (laughs) that I feel like would trigger. For real. Um, So the defense claimed that the moment before she told the cop, I'm 5,000% sure, and she looked like she was glancing at the camera, that's proof that she knew the camera was was there and she was in on it all along. And at the conclusion of the trial... Dolly is found guilty and she's sent to prison. However, she appeals and she's released based on jury selection error. So she's placed on house arrest until her new trial can begin. Her new defense lawyer tells the jury that Dahlia should be set free because her constitutional rights were violated and that the cops made a spectacle of the events surrounding the case um, and of her arrest. Not only this, but by convicting Dahlia, the jury would be taking her away from her infant son. Dun, dun, dun. She had a son? Apparently, when Dahlia was on house arrest, she had a fling with a maintenance worker that came by to fix something around the house. She got pregnant and gave birth to a son. What? So the jury deliberated and it was a hung jury, which resulted in a mistrial. And she was again released. So since the second trial was a mistrial and the third, so since the first trial was, you know, she wound up appealing and the second one was a mistrial, she then had a third trial held in 2017. Mike appeared as a witness against Dahlia. In this third trial, it only took the jury 90 minutes to find her guilty. She was sentenced to 16 years in prison and her lawyers have attempted to appeal, but it's been denied and she should be released in 2032. Mike is now living in South Florida as a realtor. And that was the crazy failed murder for hire plot against Mike DiPolito by his wife, Dahlia DiPolito. So yeah, so that's that's this week's bed crime story. I definitely recommend looking it up because it is a... It's definitely worth the Google search yeah. and the YouTube search to find Dahlia DiPolito video, clips yeah. and the, the video of her finding out that Mike's quote unquote dead. And uh, I also really recommend, I really recommend, uh, Elmer Fudd here, really recommends that you watch Sydney Black's YouTube video um, talking about this case because it's uh, entertaining. She tells stories in in quite a fun way. And uh, I learned a lot about this, this woman. So, so yeah. Good job. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you so much. It is a mess. I I felt like it was a little bit lighthearted. Yes. A little bit more lighthearted than what I'm used to telling. Usually I'm doom and gloom. So same. I decided to, I decided to bring a little, uh, little levity. It's kind of nice to do something not so grim. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I decided to bring a little bit of levity into the, into the room tonight. So hopefully, hopefully it worked. Um, 
All right. Well, um, as always, guys, thank you so much for listening. Please feel free to reach out. You can always email us at bedcrimestoriespod at gmail.com. If you just want to say, hey, if you have a suggestion for a story, don't forget two weeks ago, we did a listener story. So you guys mm-hmm. can suggest one too. That's as simple as it gets. Um, just put something under our nose and we'll uh, we'll tell you the story. So um, reach out to us if you want to. Find us on social media at Bed Crime Stories on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, we're very, very active on Instagram. Not so much on Twitter. Um, hopefully soon we'll be having a TikTok. It's the TikTok. That's what I call it. So hopefully soon we'll be doing a TikTok and we will be able to update you guys. We'll put it on our Instagram when that gets up and running. Yes. Um, and I guess that's it. So I hope you guys all have a lovely evening. I hope you guys all have a wonderful week and we will see you next Thursday. But until then, sweet, sweet dreams. Our theme song is the song Industrial Music Box by Kevin McLeod at incompetech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. creativecommons.org backslash licenses backslash by backslash 3.0.